I'm known to say that mastery is something you achieve slowly and over time. If you're on a mastery path, whether it's in your agile practice or your leadership game, it's always fun to do a little bit of a tune-up. So are you up for it? Let's do it. That's this week on the Badass Agile Podcast. Greetings, team. Welcome to the Badass Agile Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Williams. Hello, my badass friends. How are you? Wonderful to see you. Hope things are progressing well for you. If mastery is indeed a journey, then there are some things that you should be paying attention to. Just do a little gut check, some self-inspection. Make sure you're focusing on the right things. And if you're not, it's time to refocus. But before we dig into it, let's take a moment to remember why we're here. To create an elite tribe of leaders who truly serve their clients and communities by doing what matters and what works, relentlessly chasing value and excellence like a badass. There's so many resources out there about what you need to do to be agile, but we're focused on who you need to become in order to lead teams. So let's hammer down those fundamentals to create a unique and powerful force in this industry. And remember, if this helps you, tell your friends. Okay, time to dig deep, my friends. Look, if you're on a path to try to get better at agile, better at whatever your skill set happens to be, better as an instructor, as a leader of people, you can't get impatient. You can't try to jump from where you are today to what perfect looks like in your mind. And remember that perfect is actually not even achievable. All we can do is continuously correct and adjust and be gentle with ourselves when we make mistakes. Here's the best way to think about mastery in any area of life. It's like muddy water becoming clear. Over time, the mud settles, and what was previously stirred up and confusing in a general mishmash of materials and substances suddenly becomes filtered, clear, clean, pure water. And that's what you want to be. But remember, it takes time for that mud to settle, for the uncertainty and the lack of clarity to dissipate and resolve into something crisp and true and powerful. So what I'm about to give you is something that you should revisit, maybe once a month or once a quarter. And just make sure you're aligning properly, that you're remembering these core values and principles. And if you're not executing on them, or you're not integrating them into your life, it's time to revisit and improve. The first mastery principle is to be intentional. In the Badass Agile way, we speak about being visionary. Intention refers to your ability to visualize and set an outcome in everything that you do. Remember something, folks. Time is your only asset, and it's the only thing that's not renewable. If you run out of money, you can find a way to build more wealth, but if you run out of time, it's over. So it's crucially important in order to be effective that you understand the role of intentionality. What outcome or result am I looking for in this upcoming interaction, this upcoming meeting, this upcoming writing session, this upcoming coding session, You may even want to set intentions for the day, for the week, for the month, and for the year. If you're wise, you'll set an intention for the arc of your life. Who do you most want to become? 
What change do you want to make and see in the world? So you can start wherever you like. If you haven't already set a vision for yourself, it's so important that you do one. I've done a number of episodes over time that you can go back and listen to to get more direction on how to do that. But also, don't forget that if you're going to go do a workout session at the gym tonight, figure out what do you want to get out of it. If you've got half an hour to work out, do you want to stretch and repair and recover? Or are you looking to break a sweat? Where do you want to focus? What's your intention? Do you want to increase your reps by 10%? Do you want to cut your time by 10%? What about the time you spend with your family? What's your intention there? To be present? To listen? To uncover and learn more about your family and your friends? How about this upcoming meeting? What are the key results that you need to take away so that this time wasn't wasted? So that it's not merely conversation, but action? What about your day at work? Is your intention to change one life, to complete one piece of code and check it in, to improve your testing effectiveness, to convert one human soul to the way of the agilist? When you begin with intention, you have something to steer towards. It's like having a compass in the darkness. Now, the other principle that I want you to check yourself on is service and selflessness. Here again, I've done a number of episodes in the past you should check out, but knowing who you benefit, that is to say, who you serve, why you serve them, and how you plan to do it, is critically important. Now here, you have to balance between your own needs as a person and the needs of the people that you serve. You can't always defer to the needs of people at work, for example, because they'll never stop taking and taking if you're not careful. Not to say that everyone is greedy, but some people just don't appreciate how much you have going on at any given moment, so sometimes you have to defend your boundaries. But in general, if you're having trouble connecting with people, building trust with people, building influence with people, having your voice and your opinions heard, feeling like you matter, then one of the easiest fixes I can think of is to turn your lens outward. Remember who you serve. When you identify with and attach to your ultimate audience in that way, it tends to change how you show up. Really what we're talking about here is being selfless. When you are chiefly concerned about the benefits that accrue to you and you alone, people will perceive you very differently. But when your intention and your focus is on giving and serving others and improving the lives of others, whether that's a customer, a client, whether that's your employer or your team, then all of the right things tend to fall in place at the right time. The details essentially take care of themselves. One could say it is in our nature to be of service to others. And when you act and operate in a way that is consistent with your nature, you automatically appear as being more trustworthy, more deserving of the time, trust, and attention of others. All right, the next thing you need to focus on in your journey towards mastery is your awareness and attentiveness. This goes hand in hand a little bit with selflessness. When we turn our lens outward to understand the environment that we work in, to see what other people are doing, to be empathetic of what they're feeling, and thinking and saying. When we do those things, we become more integrated with our teams, with our environment, and the people around us. It's easier to move as one when you are aware. Now, awareness includes a bunch of different things. The first practice that you can adopt 
is to make sure that you're attentive and present when you are not speaking or working alone. If someone else is talking to you, if somebody else is presenting, if you're on a call, a simple task you can set for yourself is to ensure that you're attentive. Turn the notifications on your phone off, close all your books and screens, and simply listen. Practice maintaining eye contact. Practice not what you're going to say next in your mind, but replaying what you just heard. Ensure that you understand what's being said and what's going on around you. This can even extend to, let's say, you walk to the commuter train at the end of your workday. Do you normally have your headphones plugged in and you're just staring at the ground? Or maybe worse, you've got your device in your hand and you're reading some emails. Well, what would happen if you changed that? What would happen if you spent a few precious moments just noticing anything, the sound of your footsteps, the faces of the people around you? What if you tried smiling at a stranger and see if they smile in return? Maybe try noticing the little details of the sidewalk, the fire hydrant, the stores and the buildings and offices that surround you. You might find that there's a tree sitting in the middle of nowhere that you never even noticed before. These are all practices that seem like they're not applicable to your leadership game or your agile practice, but they are. Becoming more aware of your surroundings allows you to become more focused and more effective. Not to mention the people that are on the receiving end of increased attentiveness will feel like you care because you do, because you took the time to listen properly. Now, the last area of awareness and attentiveness is in your singular work. So if you are not speaking to other people, if you're not on a call, but you're doing your coding or doing your writing or doing your planning completely independently, be focused. A simple way to become more productive is to focus on one thing at a time. That's a big part of the badass agile way. Be focused. Set a timer for 20 minutes, shut off all distractions, and get after your work. So you've set your intention. You've become more aware and more selfless and service-oriented. Now you shut off all distractions and you just hit it. Imagine how much more effective you could be. Now there's another area of awareness that I want to start drawing your attention to, and that's how you react to adversity, feedback, and negative situations. Go back and listen to the episode on building a shark tank because it's so important. You need to become aware not only of the things that happen around you, but the things that happen inside you. Having a bad day? Well, what loops are you playing in your mind with the stories that you tell yourself? What do you hear in your own head? How does that show up in your body? Notice when you feel nervous, anxious, angry, bitter, jealous, afraid. Notice when you feel like you want to quit. Notice when you feel like you're doubting yourself. Here your practice of awareness and stillness will serve you greatly in allowing you to know when your reactions are based on meanings that don't even exist. Here's what I mean by that. Imagine you write a social media post and you're really proud of it. You think it's insightful and intuitive and impactful. And then someone in your office walks by and says, hey, saw your article. It wasn't my favorite. Whoa, how would that make you feel? It probably would make you feel rejected or hurt or angry, resentful, vengeful, a bunch of different things, right? You could even feel it boiling up in your gut. You can feel your belly starting to heat up. You can feel your hands start to tremble. But all of that happened because of the meaning you associated with those words. 
What if your friend was a really big fan of your writing, has read all of your articles, and that one just wasn't the one he liked best? See, because where you automatically go with it is, that wasn't my favorite means it wasn't any good. I didn't like it. But you choose what meaning to assign. You can never be 100% sure about what the different events, conversations, and opinions actually mean. They're outside of you. Because they're outside of you, you can't control them. And the ancient wisdom says, The time you spend worrying about things you can't control is time that is most certainly wasted. At the end of the day, if your friend doesn't like your article, does that mean you should stop writing? Hopefully not. Far better to be driven by your internal compass than by the opinions and the will of the mob. Is there an opportunity to improve with somebody's feedback? Absolutely. So your job is to balance what kind of feedback is actually helpful that you want to incorporate and what feedback is simply your buddy having a bad day. What if he got severely criticized at home or in the first call of the day and he's just taking his anger and his feelings of not being good enough out on you by being judgmental and critical? Has that ever happened to you before? So the point is you can't know. But the meaning that you attach to it shapes the conversation that goes on in your head. And it's that conversation that ruins careers. It causes people to react in ways that are totally non-productive. They'll quit. They'll lash out in anger. They'll seek revenge. Non-productive, in fact, destructive behaviors, all because you can't control your reactions. So being more aware of how you react to judgment, criticism, bad news, feedback, or negative events matters. I mean, you don't want to be the person in the soccer stadium when a riot breaks out that's trampling on people just to get to the doors. You want to be the person who's collected, who has their mind about them, who can come up with a plan of attack to get to safety and to help others around them. Somebody has to be that person. There's always one, at least But if you're not in control of your reactions, if you immediately assume that when a negative event breaks out that we're all going to die and this means disaster, you're going to react accordingly. So you need to decide, are you in control of your reactions or are they in control of you? Now, the next one is somewhat related. Being free of attachment to outcomes. Well, hold on a sec. Didn't we just say that you should set outcomes intentions and results for everything you do? Yes, but be careful how closely tied you are to achieving that specific outcome in any given moment. What I mean by that is, the purpose of intention is having intention itself, because it drives you and moves you in ways that are more likely to yield the results you're looking for. But failure to meet that outcome is not necessarily failure. Because once again, a meeting goes sideways, you don't achieve what you wanted to achieve. That may have been completely out of your control. Maybe you don't have the skills to navigate the people in the room who are driving the conversation sideways. Well, that can come with practice. But if you beat yourself up because you didn't nail your intention in this moment, in this hour, you're setting yourself up for more frustration and for increased feelings of failure and unworthiness. The same happens if you apply for a job and you don't get it. If your intention is to nail the interview and to land the job, that's great. That's super motivating. That'll help you behave in ways that are likely to help you succeed. 
but from time to time, you won't nail the job. You won't be the best candidate. In which case, your sense of worthiness can easily be threatened. So think about it this way. If the purpose of the interview, the intention, is to nail the job, you've got to be comfortable with a chance of failure. On the other hand, if your intention is to figure out if you and this job are right for each other, and if you are, to do everything you can to nail it, that intention is a little easier to achieve. So you have to be free of unreasonable attachments to unreasonable outcomes. Does that mean set the bar low? No. You should set the bar really high. But you also have to be comfortable with the fact that sometimes when things don't work out, it's for a reason. Think of it this way. If you go for a job that you think you're perfect for, and they just don't get it, you've done a great job presenting why you're the best candidate, the best choice, and they still don't accept you, there's an excellent chance that these folks simply don't get you. And as such, it would have been a terrible place for you to work because you're not operating on a common frequency. Well, at least now you know. But if you go home because you didn't get the job and you get depressed and you stop trying or you quit or you lower your expectations, you lower the bar, well, who does that serve? That attachment to an outcome cheats you of the things that you really wanted in life. Being free of attachments to specific outcomes ensures that you never lower the bar for yourself. And that's how you get closer to mastery. Now, the final thing to practice is patience. We've kind of come full circle to the intro. Mastery is not overnight. It requires that you practice and prepare and refine every single day. And that's the part of the journey that's the most fun. That's what makes you great, is being comfortable with and enjoying the daily practice. Being comfortable in the knowledge that no matter how well I do today or how poorly I do today, I am practicing, I'm growing, I am learning, and I'm improving. Inherent in that means that we can't be impatient for results. I train and coach a lot of people and one common thing that they do, and I do it too, is they start learning some cool stuff. They start getting some new insights. They start accepting new philosophies, and they want to apply it and have it change the world today. That's very noble. But the problem is that until you have exercised and practiced with these new muscles and new techniques, you won't know how to reach a balanced approach. For example, how much intention is too much intention? How much selflessness sacrifices my own boundaries? How much awareness converts to daydreaming and being completely disconnected from the world around me? When does freedom from attachment turn to aimlessness? You gotta practice to find the answers to those questions. All of nature prefers balance, and to seek balance, you have to practice, you have to try. You have to fail, you have to observe, and you have to improve, which means you have to be very, very comfortable with applying what you learn immediately and being content with seeing small changes over time and recognizing that the big changes accrue slowly. Because if you have to get results tomorrow in order to stay the course, you're going to jump ship way too early. And in my experience, you're going to jump off just before the good stuff starts to happen, which is not where we want you to go. So take some time this week, guys. 
to run through this list and spot check yourself. Am I intentional? Am I aware and attentive? Am I free of attachments? And am I committed to practice and patient? Try them out and let me know what happens for you. Let me know if you have any questions. As always, my friends, thank you for being part of the tribe. Thank you for listening. You can reach out at badassagile.com or find me on Twitter at badass underscore agile. I look forward to next time. And until then, stay badass. Badass.